Welcome to Jeff in Motion. If you're a regular listener to this show, you know that I have and have had a lot of pets. Last night, a lot of puzzle pieces kind of fell into place, and I realized something about one of our pets, and um, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I've had a lot of pets, and something that goes with that is I've experienced a lot of pet illnesses, deaths, conditions, things of that nature. Dogs with arthritis, dogs with incontinence, dogs with emotional issues from us not raising it as a puppy. We had a dog that... um, spent the first three months of its life in a crate under a tarp, and um, while it was a great dog, it uh, had some serious anger issues, and unfortunately, um, it was a big dog, and we had to have it put down because it was a serious life risk, like if that dog snapped, snapped. It could have easily... Well, it could have easily done serious damage to my parents, let alone me and my little brother. Um, And it wasn't unprovoked. The dog uh, took a serious chunk out of my grandfather while we were on vacation. And so it was a dog that had attacked. It wasn't just like the dog growls sometimes, put it down. We've had ferrets with heart disease, ferrets with adrenal disease, ferrets with tumors, ferrets that lost all, have lost all their hair, ferrets that have gotten outside and came back covered in ticks with a warblefly larva under their skin. And we've had cats that are deaf. We've had cats that had a crazy flea infestation. We've had cats with worms. We've had, well, tons of ticks on cats. We've had, not to mention ticks on dogs, ticks on, ticks on snakes, ticks on, um, my daughter. She's not really a pet, though. Ticks, ticks, ticks. Comes with the, uh, area. The ticks on snakes, that just is because it came from a real shitty pet store that fortunately I believe no longer exists. I've had snakes with that wouldn't eat. I've had snakes with bacterial infections. I've had snakes that wouldn't shed. And... I'm sure I'm missing things. Rats with tumors. Rats with a broken leg, we're pretty sure. 
rats with serious uh, anger issues again. But the thing is, we've been able to, you know, but you're... <laughs> when you take on so many animals, you either... You get to know when you need to take the animal to the vet. It just becomes a feeling. And I know I've talked rather recently on our recent misjudgment with vaccinations and we over-vaccinated and um, that cost us probably Christmas, to be honest. Um, but it was a mistake we had to make to learn. Um, realistically, rabies is probably all you need. But... Uh, I said yes to too many things. So we've been through taking animals to the vet for, like, unnecessary reasons. And it's not something you can afford to do. But yesterday... had something... It just kind of clicked. It's not something I've ever dealt with before. And, uh... I'll talk about that now. Um, I've talked about Rosie. Uh, she's the little cat that we... That came into our lives in the underside of a car that came into the auto body shop. She was probably not more than a week or two from having been weaned from her mother. Um, very scared. Uh, it was a hell of a ride. They have no idea how long she was stuck up under her car, under their car, covered in uh, car dirt and grease, road dirt. And um, she was originally supposed to be a garage cat because recently the garage cat had passed away. And uh, my dad grew up with just cats, like, they were pet cats, but they were only by the fact that they were fed primarily by my dad's family. Um, other than that, they were mostly just kind of barn cats. They were garage cats. And there's always been garage cats, um, but there haven't been for the last year or so. So Rosie was destined to be a garage cat. But she was flat out terrified to be outside because of her car experience. So she lived in the garage office. My dad has a mild cat allergy, which is fine if he touches a cat here and there, or even has a cat in a house. But when the cat is in a small room, uh, about the size of a large bathroom, and doesn't leave that room. The uh, cat dander gets to be too much, and Dad had to be had to be taking medication to work in his own place of business. So through no uh, through only a small amount of uh, coercion. 
he convinced us to take the cat up into our house, at least until it got old enough to live outside. And that, from that point on, we were doomed, because we helped raise that cat. I mean, you take a cat, a cat from a kitten into a cat, and you're done. You're done. Um... And we we had three cats already. Um, I know I've gone through this all already, but it's been a while. So any newer listeners, and honestly newer listeners, um, probably start at the beginning of this show. Because <laughs> I make a lot of references to old things I've talked about and don't go, don't really have the time to clarify them. But we've got... When we first moved to our house, we had two cats. We had Chester, who is now 13 or 14 years old. That's Aislinn's cat. It's been Aislinn's cat since they got him. He is Aislinn's cat. And then there was Lola, who was only one or two years old when we brought her to the house. Um, and she was, I mean, she was my cat, basically. Um, because we got her as a kitten. Well, Aislinn's parents got her as a kitten in the eight months that we lived with Aislinn's parents. And I got attached. And Aislinn's parents had a very uh, love-hate relationship with their cats. Um, her mom loved them, her dad hated them. So, they were determined that now nah, we're not going to have cats anymore, so they sent both the cats with us. Uh, a few weeks later, they had cats, but Aislinn's parents is a whole other podcast. And honestly, I don't feel comfortable talking on them without her present, because, you know, she's had a lot more experience with them. But, so it was Chester and Lola that was... Oh, and Simba. Who Simba was... I'm not sure how old Simba was, but uh, he passed in the first few years of us living at the house. Due to old age and... Uh, just complications that arise because of old age. So we had two cats. Oi, two cats. And we had a... Pro- uh, like a... Uh, a revolving cast of strays that we would take in and then get home. Um, they were never in our house longer than a few weeks. Uh, because we've got the supplies. We've got tons of cat food. We've got lots of litter boxes. We've got the supplies to rehabilitate a stray and get a house uh, within weeks. Which was the original plan for Rosie. But I'll get to that. Uh, we then inherited a Lavender Point Siamese named Kitty um, when and that was when we also got the uh, the late and great Jake, the dog um, but Kitty is still around and she's probably about as old as Chester if not a little older so we've got two ancient cats Lola, who is about as old as Ace and I's relationship, which is seven, and then 
so that is the house that we're bringing Rosie into, and Rosie was absolutely dependent on us because of, you know, the traumatizing experience of the car. Um, she is horrified of the outside. Uh, she got outside twice early in early in her life and freaked out. Um, hid under our porch and was not did not have a good time. But and she's also one of the most affectionate cats I've ever known. And it was quickly apparent that she was staying. Um, that she was not going to go down and be a garage cat. That she was our cat. And it was... Because, I mean, I, I'm a pushover for cats. I am absolutely a pushover when it comes to cats. Um, I hate having so many, but I would easily take another one in. Um, because I have a problem. Aislinn is also has a cat problem, but hers isn't as bad as mine. But when Aislinn warmed up to Rosie, it was it was done. It was signed in blood. We had another cat. And I love Rosie a lot. And the last few months, uh, Rosie got a... Uh, like, she has little spats with Lola um, because they're both young cats. They, you know, they do that. But she got a scratch, and Rosie through we had no idea why but just would not leave the cuts alone and now has these large bald patches that are sometimes uh, scratched open and sometimes scabby that she just won't stop kicking or, or licking and we've tried bandaging her she tears she tears new cuts around the bandages um, or, or tears the bandages off. We've tried medicating, uh, and we do keep them clean, obviously. But if we try and, like, do an ointment, she will lick the ointment until her skin is raw. Um, and we just couldn't, like, why is she doing this? Then, over the last week or so, she started hiding in a cupboard under our uh, kitchen counter that has a radiator in it. And our assumption was, oh, she's cold. She's cold. What a weird little cat. But we'd open it, we'd scratch, she'd purr. Okay, weird, but you're sleeping next to the radiator. Then last night, we found her sleeping in the litter box. Which is never a good sign. <laughs> um, cats are smart. And they tend to not do anything other than pee and poo where they pee and poo. So off to our own little veterinarians in our pockets, our iPhones, and they're, you know, cat sleeping in litter box. Boom. Lots of hits. Tons of forums. And we find that, oh, horse and buggy. Cat sleeping in the litter box can mean a couple things. One, they're seriously ill, and she's showing no signs of illness. Um, 
she's health, she's healthy weight, she's eating, um, she's reactive. The other is depression and anxiety. And my wife was reading this while we're standing over our cat who's just laying in the litter box. And my thought, and I believe I said it out loud, is, oh, she's sad. And I can't get that thought out of my head. My cat is sad. So sad that she's sleeping in her toilet. And that, but anxiety and depression really explains the scratching, that the anxiety, and the hiding in the cupboard next to the radiator. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't shake that feeling, that thought, that my cat is sad. Like, clinically upset. <laughs> And that's something I've never had before. Like, we've had anger issue pets. We've had obviously emotionally disturbed pets. But that was always from, like, a trauma or something that was before we got them. Um, Rosie, the anxiety, um, it could easily, like, and I want, like, the, you first jump to, she's in a house with so many other pets. But she's existed for over a year with that many pets not showing any signs of anxiety so we're not and one thing is when she started getting like because she's always been kind of spazzy anxious like she doesn't like being outside so the anxiety could stem from the car incident which that makes sense um but the depression I think is because since she's gotten kind of gross with the keeping scratching open her wounds, which guys, they are on the mend. We are really working with her and trying to, and uh, she's better than she has been in a long time. <laughs> so we, uh, she's still kind of gross, but she's a far less gross than she's been in the past. And so she's been kind of gross, and we haven't been, like, petting her, cuddling her. She hasn't been sleeping in our room anymore because, you know, we don't want her to get blood on the blankets. Um, innocent things, but I think the fact, like, the fact that we've kind of pulled away from her, a cat that's been so dependent and so affectionate, has actually caused her to be depressed. So I spent a well over an hour, like, just holding her yesterday, not being able to get the thought out of my head, my cat is sad. And um, I looked, I had to search one of the saddest things I've ever searched, how to cure anxiety in cats. And, um, and the obvious answer is, you know, medication, but again, we don't have the money for that quite yet. Um, but the other answers are just affection. Just, you know, and they, I mean, they word it like massage and things like that, but it's, you know, hold and pet your cat. <laughs> so, it's just weird. And I'm very determined to 
get Rosie back to where she was, but it's it's a new experience for me. My cat is sad. And, uh, that makes me sad. And I'll make sure to keep you guys posted, but, um, I'm not too worried. It's just an odd set of circumstances that led up to it. And I don't think we did anything wrong, per se, but it's, uh, it was a very, like, oh, that's what's been up with her the last month or two. I get it. These weird, this weird behavior she's been exhibiting all makes sense now. And now that I can put a name to it, I can actively attempt to help her with it. But, um, talk to you guys Friday. Probably give you a Rosie update. Hopefully she won't be sleeping in her litter box anymore. Um, yeah. My cat is sad, but I, uh, I intend to do something about it. Have a good week.